Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 12 of Three Point Podcast. Our sponsors tonight include Rivals Tap House and Grill, the area's premier sports pub, and the spot to be for March Madness and St. Paddy's Day, and also the sponsors of our Bracket Challenge. Also on board is the Corona Connection and our podcast headquarters, Z92.5 The Castle. I'm Ted Fattel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5. On the phone with us is Matt Burns of ESPN, and Jared Fattel of WJSZ Radio is right here in the studio with me. We got quite a show going on tonight. A lot of special guests and we'll start right up. Matt, you caught up with Dan Weiner, the mascot man. Yeah, the mascot man. That's a good nickname. Yeah, he's my buddy. Uh, he, he still works up in Bristol at ESPN, but we lived together for a few years and, and uh, we became good friends. But I don't know, one night after the bar or something, he was telling me that he, he knows every mascot in, in college sports. So I started drilling him that night. Ever since then, I'll just throw him at him every once in a while. I've stumped him once. We talked, and he was like, "You know, I, I know all the guy, all the teams in the NCAA and the NIT tournament." So I was like, "Let's let's record it. Let let me let me quiz you and, and see what you do." So, so yeah, he was busy tonight, but I caught up with him earlier and, and recorded that. So so here's that conversation. All right, so we got my buddy Dan on the line. Uh, he's a highlight producer up in up in Bristol at ESPN. But uh, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about all the work you've done on College Game Day, all the awesome highlights that you produce for SportsCenter, all the Emmys that you have. The first thing I want to ask you, tell me the story about the hole-in-one that you have at Tunxis. Oh, uh, I'm a terrible golfer, and it was I'm the worst golfer in the history of the world with a hole-in-one. It was a par three, 166 yards. Uh, I'm really, really not a good golfer, like I said. So I use my little, like, hybrid wood club thing and you know, just hit it straight like the course isn't exactly the most challenging course in the world i uh, hit it straight it took like one bounce and in and it was the most surreal thing ever so like i'm a terrible golfer again i want to reiterate that but i have a hole in one and so i at least have something i can brag about for the rest of my life that none of my other friends have yet which is cool heck yeah so you didn't hang them up after that you didn't say i'm gonna go out on top I probably should have, but, like, it's so cold here in the winter that when the weather's nice, it's fun to be outside. So I'll just keep playing. Like, yeah. A few years ago, I don't know, probably four or five years ago now, you, you threw out me. It was probably after a night of having some having some beers at Legends or something. You told me that, <laughs> you know, you know every mascot in the history of the world, in the history of college sports, however you said it, I challenged you. And I think I, I still sometimes throw out colleges to you, and I, I have yet to stump you. Are you still laying claim that you, you can rattle off every nickname? I'm not saying that I know every one of them, but I'm pretty adept at it. And I will give you one correction. You did stump me one time with Northern Arizona, which is the Lumberjacks, and I will never forget it so long as I live because you stumped me with the Northern Arizona Lumberjacks. Now, now that you say that, I do remember that. I should I should yeah. add them to this list. See if you know, <laughs> well, see I if mean, you know I know that one. So well, now, now you know, right? Yeah, so that one's yeah. good, but – so, yeah, so I looked up, uh, I just stuck to the NIT and, and the NCAA tournament, and I've got a little list here, so we'll just go rapid fire. I'm just going to start firing out teams that, that made it to the NIT and the NCAAs, and we'll see if I can stump you in the next minute or two. All right, sounds good. All right, here we go. Michigan. Wolverines. Oh, we're done. That's it. That's the only school we need oh. to know. That's it. Uh, <laughs> right, I have them, uh, to, to pander to the audience, I do have them in my final four, so there you go. I'm starting to get a little nervous because a lot of people are jumping on their bandwagon, so that means that it's not going to happen. So I'm, I'm you should. You should. Them, them winning the Big Ten tournament was really bad for them as a surprise team. I know. Because, yeah, now now they're not sleeping on anyone. Everyone's yeah, now they're, they're now they're trendy. 
Uh, all right, we'll move on from that. All right, so here we go. For real. Harvard. Crimson. Hampton. Pirates. Ryder. Uh, Ryder is... Oh, man. <sighs> this is the one. I told you before. This is the one that I was like, man, you might not know this. I, I looked it up the other day, too. Um, Ryder... Ryder Hawks. Close. Bronx. Oh, that's right. Dang. Vermont. Catamounts. Middle Tennessee State. Probably one of the favorite teams in uh, Michigan just because they beat Michigan State. Oh, uh, the uh, Blue Raiders. Yes, sir. Northern Kentucky. The Norse. What What the heck is the Norse, by the way? Uh, isn't it like someone, it's like a Viking from Norway, I think, or something that's like ex- that. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> UC Davis. The Aggies. Louisiana. Not Louisiana State. Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana, they are the Raging Cajuns. Uh, no. Louisiana is the Wildcats. The Raging Cajuns are, uh, who the heck are the Raging Cajuns? That's Louisiana. They used to be Louisiana Lafayette, but they just go by Louisiana now. You're right. You you stumped me. You're right. Marquette. Golden Eagles. Not the Marquette that's in, in the UP in Michigan. I'm going to throw a curveball to you. Do you know that school? Northern Michigan, what theirs is? I don't know. Uh, by the way. Northern Michigan... Are they the the uh, the the? They're really good at hockey, aren't they? Yeah, really good at hockey. Division two, so I don't expect you to know it. I'm confusing them with Northern Colorado, so Bears is the only thing that comes to mind. Wildcats. Uh, Didn't okay. expect you to know that one. Yeah. Right, here we go. Western Kentucky. They're the Hilltoppers. The best mascot and co- the big red mascot is the best mascot in college sports. That mascot rivals the Philly fanatic for sure. Stanford. Cardinal. The original Lob City, Florida Gulf Coast. They're the Eagles. Boston College. Also the Eagles. Uh-huh. Southeastern. Uh, southeast, southeast, southeastern Louisiana, you mean? The bracket, this is southeastern. It's southeastern Louisiana. They are the Lions. Yep. I'm here in North Carolina, so we're not, we're not going to talk about Duke or UNC. I'm going to rattle off a bunch of the – I was actually impressed with all the North Carolina teams that made one of these tournaments, but I'm just going to rip them off to you. Davidson. Davidson's the Wildcats. Down the road, UNC Asheville. Uh, they are the Bulldogs. They played a dumb game last night. I don't know if anyone saw that, but it was a really dumb yeah, game, double overtime. I did see that. That was awful. Up the road, UNC Greensboro. Spartans. NC State. Uh, NC State's the Wolfpack. And then a school that I didn't even know existed here, NC Central. Uh, they are the Eagles as well. They played a night. Yes, sir. Look at you, man. The school that Seabass from Dumb and Dumber, we should just hook him up with this school, Purdue. Boilermaker. Make it four Boilermakers. Penn. They are the uh, Quakers. Cal State Fullerton. The Titans, who beat the Anteaters to get to the NCAA tournament, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> That's a pretty great uh, mascot matchup. St. Bonaventure. They're just the Bonnies. They're the Bonnies, but their mascot's a wolf. Like, I really don't understand how that works, but yeah. Whatever. South Dakota State. Jackrabbits. Love South Dakota State. Football That's and basketball. School. So fun to watch. Radford. The Highlanders. Heck yeah. Montana. Who Michigan's going to smoke? Grizzlies. Yeah, they are going to smoke the Grizzlies from Montana. They should. Auburn. Tigers. Clemson. Tigers. Missouri. Tigers. LSU. Tigers. Texas Southern. Tigers. What the hell is their obsession with Tigers as a mascot? It's pretty common. In one bracket, there's like three Wildcats. Yeah, I was going to say, when I made this list, there's a lot of Wildcats, too. The longest name for a school ever in NCAA tournament history. University of Maryland, Baltimore County. A not very fierce but lovable dog there, the Retrievers. <laughs> like a bulldog is one thing, but a retriever, like that's not even right. intimidating. Iona. Gales. Lipscomb. The Bison. Buffalo. Bolts. Wichita State. Shockers. Wright State. 
uh, Wright State is the Raiders, and like St. Bonaventure, they also have a wolf mascot, even though that's not their uh, nickname. Creighton. Blue Jays. Charleston. Cougars. Loyola, Chicago. Ramblers. Fun fact about that, they were named the Ramblers because of their football team in the 1920s, and then it disbanded in 1930, and they never changed the name. So no one now really even knows why they're the Ramblers. They just haven't changed it. Yeah, like a writer said that the football team was rambling around the country to play games, and they started calling them the Ramblers, and it stuck, and they've never changed it. That sounds about right. Stephen F. Austin. The uh, shout-out to my roommate, college roommate Ben Idem, who's in grad school at, in Nacogdoches, Texas, as a lumberjack at Stephen F. Austin. Georgia State. Uh, mom and Dad's alma mater there, the Panthers. I was going to say, I feel like you've told me that before. So Michigan-Michigan State's a huge rivalry. Is Georgia-Georgia uh-huh. State, is that a thing? No, well, Georgia's a much bigger school. Like, Georgia and Georgia Tech is the biggest rival. The fun thing is, is Georgia State and Georgia Southern have become rivals over which school is the real GSU. And it started with football, where Georgia Southern was a 1AA powerhouse. And I call it 1AA because that's what they were, a powerhouse, before it became FCS. And then Georgia State started a football program, like, five years ago. And now they're in the same conference. They're both in the Sun Belt. And so Georgia Southern fans like to taunt them because they have no history and they try to call themselves GSU and they're really insecure about it. So uh, Georgia Southern and Georgia State, the battle for the real GSU is a kind of a thing, but not really. Let's see. Bucknell, who's going to upset Michigan State? Probably not. (laughs) Uh, Bucknell, also the Bison. Yeah. Rhode Island. The Rams. Marshall. Thundering Herd. Oklahoma. The Sooners. Virginia with the best mascot because that's the same as our our alma mater, Corona. They are the Cavaliers. Hell yeah. I guess we can finish with, with probably your favorite team in all of college sports, Texas. Longhorns, baby. One and oh, done. Yeah. The Wolfpack and the Bat are going to get them. I'll throw, throw, a bo- throw a bonus one out there for you. That's your bonus one. So yeah. we almost got you on a couple there. No, you got me on Ryder. I think the, the other yeah. ones. I even like. I even stumped you on two that you had wrong from reading the bracket. So You did, yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll dip into the collegeinsider.com tournament and see if you can name all those schools. The CIT, Hartford yeah. Hawks, San Diego Toreros played a barn burner the other night. All right, buddy. Well, thanks for coming on. We'll have to do this again. Yeah, thanks for having me, bud. So there's Dan right there. I I knew that the Ryder team, when I was looking up teams in the NIT and the NCAAs, Ryder was the one that I was like, man, this might be the one that, that stumps him. And, and sure enough, I, I got him with that. So I stumped the Schwab, if you want to say that. But it was a good time, man. He, he's a good dude. He He's one of the most knowledgeable guys about sports that I know. So it's it was cool to catch up with him again. I personally, I think I what I would have asked him, do you think he would have known uh, UC Santa Barbara? Do you do either of you guys know who that is? I've heard of the school. I don't know what their nickname is. It's the Gauchos. The Banana Slugs, I think. Or Santa Barbara? <laughs> UC Santa Barbara. I think you're wrong. They're the Banana Slugs. It's, but It's one of the schools out there, but it's not Santa Barbara. Santa Cruz. Well, if there's anyone that would know, I got a special treat for you fellows tonight. I found this guy on Twitter, and let me just say he's a genius when it comes to March Madness. And he's got an absolutely fire nickname. Uh, Bobby Brackets, I welcome you to the show. And right off the bat, is it Banana Slugs or what is the name of UC Santa Barbara? It's, it's your darn right, Jared. It's Banana Slugs. It always has been Banana Slugs, and it'll continue to be Banana Slugs. It <laughs> sounds like a minor league baseball team. It, it, it might be. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I got Bobby Brackett's approval, so I'm going to yep. take my chances that it's right. So, Bobby Brackett's, what makes you such an expert, if you don't mind me asking, or if you want to explain it to the people? All right, yeah. So, let me give a little, uh, just a little background information on uh, the Bobby Brackett's here. Uh, back in the day, I joined all these tournament brackets left and right, and 
I just kept winning money left and right all the time. I think last year I was up a hundred bucks at one point, and uh, year year after that, year before that, actually, I was I think I was up to uh, eight hundred, nine hundred. So I I mean I I know my I know my stuff when it comes to uh, these brackets. Uh, I always pick at least. Uh, there's always an underdog. There's always an underscorekeeper. Every time that someone, I always pick the oddball every time, and the oddball. Always wins. My oddball always wins. That's just kind of where I'm at with that, and uh, glad to be on the show with you folks. We're glad to have you. I'm not sure how much of an expert you actually are after hearing those numbers. You've only ra- raked in 800 to 900 bucks. It's so much more than anyone else. So Bobby Brackett is Bobby Moneybags. <laughs> so so what what pick are you sort of hanging your hat on this year? What's the pick that makes you th- this odd? Uh, March Madness expert. All right, so I actually have two picks, but the I'll start with the one that has the, the uh, more people uh, doing it. I got Boomer Sooner over the Dukies, and uh, I got them going to the uh, Sweet 16 against Michigan and uh, Michigan State. Sorry, <laughs> I got Michigan State in uh, Oklahoma, and I got Oklahoma going to the Sweet 16 against Michigan State, and Michigan State taking it from there. But I got uh, Trey Young going uh, bon- bongos on uh, on the Dukies. <laughs> I I'm not sure if that's really that out of the box pick. I mean, you're putting like one point on your bracket pool, or two, and that would only be worth two points that pick. So let me ask you this: So you have Michigan State. We're we're clearly we know that you're from uh, Mississippi. I think is where your accent originates from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mississippi, right down the river. Yeah, <laughs> but so. Unbiased opinion, who do you think has the better chance of making it to the Final Four, Michigan State or Michigan? See, I would say Michigan, but but in my time, in all of these all of these brackets from way, way back, I learned one thing about these brackets, is you can't pick against Michael Jordan's North Carolina Tar Heels. You never can, ever. It is, it is a sin to a bracket to pick against those freaking Tar Heels. I tell you. Every year, I don't pick them. They win. And then last year, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to pick them this year. Picked them, won it. From there on out, North Carolina is always going to win no matter where they're at. And it just so happens to run into the maize and blue. I would say Michigan State has the better hand on getting to the final. Give me give me two upset picks to look out for. I know you mentioned Oklahoma. Give me two other ones. All right. Uh, two other ones. Besides my big one, two other ones. We got New Mexico. We got New Mexico. We got, shoot, could not tell you the mascot. It's the one I couldn't tell you. However, you know what? It's the Aggies. Look at that. Bingo. Got it. (laughs) New Mexico Aggies, they are going to beat the Clemson Tigers, and then they are going to beat the Auburn Tigers, but they'll lose Kansas, like usual. Then the other one, you know what? I'll just give you my big one. I got good old Rocky Top. Rocky Cap, Tennessee, uh, we got them beating Wright State. We got them beating Miami. We got them beating Cincinnati. You know what? We even got them beating Virginia into the Final Four. I tell you what, those guys, you cannot pick against them this year. You being the our uh, podcast's uh, March Madness expert, I want you to kind of give some of our picks some grades. So I'm going to give you my Final Four. You let me know. You graded, uh, obviously, A to F, and let me know what you think. So in the South bracket, I have Cincinnati making it there. Uh I love their team. They're a bunch of rough riders. They play defense. And honestly, I don't trust either of the either Kentucky, Virginia, or Arizona getting out of there alive. And in the West bracket and my actual national champion, I have Xavier. 
I took this. I'm in a large bracket pool. I needed to take them. They, I feel like not really many people are there. Listen to this fact. This is the most eye-opening fact that I saw. This is what ultimately led, the, led me to choose them. I feel like the odds are really stacked against them. And they're actually the fourth highest odds to make it to the Final Four in their bracket behind Michigan, uh, North Carolina, and Gonzaga. So I, I took that. I said, you know what? I'll I'll burn the boats. I'm jumping on the Xavier. Xavier. I love Bill Murray. I'll jump on the Xavier bandwagon. And then in the t- in the East bracket, I ended up going with Florida. Off the wall pick right there. They're going to make it. Chris Iachosa. I think that's how you say his name. He's probably one of the most clutch players in this tournament. Watch out for him. And in the Midwest, I just went with the typical Duke. Because I know Michigan State's going to get upset by Syracuse. What did you have, uh, Ted? Well, first of all, uh, Bobby Brackets, thanks for joining us. I think you lost all credibility, you and Jared, though. It is UC Santa Cruz banana slugs. I was correct. Darn it. Santa Barbara gauchos. Number, okay. Number two, New Mexico. It's not New Mexico. It's New Mexico State Aggies. The people there would be very upset with you calling them New Mexico. And then it's Xavier, not Xavier. With that all on the table now, here's my final four on this bracket, okay? The three-point pie rivals bracket. I've got three brackets I have to play, but I'm going to go with this one for tonight's purposes. I see Michigan State losing a close one to Kansas, so Kansas goes on that side of the bracket. Got to go with Villanova. They're very solid. They're going to be very tough to beat. I have Michigan from the West going all the way to the Final Four. I think they stay hot. I think John Beeline, one of the best coaches in college basketball, I do like Michigan, obviously, but I think they've got the kind of team that can make a run. And my uh, my kind of upset pick here, I like the long arms, I like the length, I like the skill level, and the coaching of Calipari. I don't like him necessarily as a person, but I think he can get Kentucky to the Final Four. And guys, you're gonna you're gonna faint, but I got Kentucky winning it all. They went on a roll in the SEC tournament. They're definitely playing well. That's not a bad pick. You know I love me some uh, Coach Cal, but I just couldn't bring myself to take him. You were there. close. You were close. I thought about it. I ultimately decided against it. Bobby Brackets, what do you think about that pick? Yeah, Kentucky, Kentucky. Everyone picks Kentucky all the time. I tell you what, I like Teddy's pick on that one. However, they're a bunch of young gunners. They're, they're 17, 18, 19-year-olds playing on that team. And when they go against a senior-dominated Virginia team, I don't know if they can get it. I don't know if they can do it. Same with Tennessee. I got Tennessee coming out of that bracket just because I think they're the most senior-dominated, they're the oldest, one of the oldest teams in the bracket. Tennessee's going to get upset by Wright State. That's a fact. That, you know what? I tell you what, the one thing they have to get past, their hardest game is going to be Wright State. <laughs> and, then, and then the rest, is gonna, they're going to cruise. They're going to cruise through that. Even Kentucky. So, Matt, uh, Matt, who do you have? Do you have Michigan in your uh, – do you have Michigan wing at all right out the bat? Uh, if I had to uh, – yes, I do. <laughs> I knew it. It's tough for me because the way I always do it is I just, like, gut reaction, click through, pick my team, then I go back through and see which ones I did or didn't like. And I, every time I look through this bracket, I do think in a rematch, if they both make it to the Sweet 16, that Michigan could beat North Carolina – I think Michigan's playing way different than they were earlier in the season. And I, I don't trust Xavier. They're a really good team, but I think they're they're the lowest of the one seed. So I, I just don't trust them. I think Gonzaga's going to upset them. So I do think Michigan's going to come out of that region. Uh, I, I think Kansas is going to come out of the Midwest. Michigan State has the talent to make a run. Everyone knows that. They're, they're one of the most talented teams in the country, but something's just not right with them. They just don't seem to be clicking. Uh, we've talked about it before. Bridges just seems to be playing out of position. So I, I think they're going to lose to Duke. Um, and then but Kansas is going to come to me out of the, the Midwest. I do think Nova um, is going to come out of the East. They're the deepest team. They're, they're probably the, the most complete team in this tournament to me. Um, so I, I definitely think they're going to come out of the East. And then 
man, the South, I, that, that's a tough one to me because I definitely do not trust Virginia with injuries or not. They've had some injuries, but I just don't trust them ever in the tournament. And I know I wrote Arizona off when we were talking about all the Sean Miller stuff and all that. And maybe after that, they got a little motivated or something like that. And they have some of the best players in the country. I, I think Arizona is going to come out of the South. So I've got Arizona, Michigan, Kansas, Nova. Uh, yeah, and I've got Michigan and Michigan and Kansas in the in the championship game with with Beeline catching up to Izzo. I have been a Michigan fan for a long time. However, I cannot uh, I can't pick against North Carolina, but I'm gonna do it anyways. I, I'm gonna say Matt's got the best the best bracket just because he had that Arizona pick uh, coming through. However, they did beat uh, the Tennessee. Uh, if there's a team to do it, it's Arizona. <laughs> That's a lock, then. If Bobby Brackett agrees with me, it's a lock. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a glowing Go endorsement. Blue. It's a lock. Michigan, Michigan State. I Michigan State, honestly, I have Michigan going a lot further than Michigan State. Honestly, I, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Ted, you as the Michigan State fan of the group. Yep. But Syracuse will bounce Michigan State round two. Okay. Well, I got Michigan State actually finally beating duke but just that's going to wear them out so much that kansas is going to get them but i I think michigan state goes that far they have the talent too and everyone's picking them well not everyone a lot of people are picking them a lot of the the quote-unquote experts are picking michigan state this year but i've watched a lot of michigan state this year and they just they don't look like they have it but that's been said before about michigan state and then they turn it on in the tournament and make a run to the final four so so who knows i mean they've got the talent to do it but we'll see well we got our picks on the table guys and uh, let's face it, this is really a three-week holiday for all of us, isn't it? This weekend is one of the best weekends of the year, that's for sure. Bobby Bragg, this is when he works. This is when he does <laughs> his work. So I don't know about a vacation for him. Man, I'm sweat. I sweat every night now. This is this is yeah. It's, it's a holiday, but it's also a work night. It's work day because man, I got this is my career, man. <laughs> I, I'm banking on this every year. This is what gets me through the winter. So gets me through the fall. Yeah, that $800 uh, accumulated over your entire lifetime. Well, well just make sure yeah. you guys study your, your mascots, all right? You might want to check with our early guest on that. So, Bobby Brackett, uh, you, you maybe talked about it a little bit before, and Ted and Jared, you guys too. If you had to pick the one team that's going to be the, the George Mason, uh, the Davidson, who's going to be that that Cinderella team this year? If you, if you just had to look at the bracket, who would you pick? Fast, go ahead. <laughs> He he's stumped. But if I had to, I look at and I said, I said this before. I have Florida in the Final Four. They're not very deep. That's the one complaint I heard. Chris Iachosa and this team that all five of their starters can shoot threes. They're going to be able to spread you out, and that's where I look at. You know, if they can get by uh, injured Texas Tech and obviously get by Saint. I'm not too worried about the Saint Bonaventure game, but if they can get by injured Texas Tech and then face a Purdue team where they can just space Isaac Haas off the court, then I think they're going to be able to beat Purdue. And then that leaves you with just you know a toss up. If they if they make it to the Elite Eight, I'll take my chances i might as well put them in the final four well there's there are six seeds so if they can make final four then that is that's definitely a cinderella for sure i've been forced basically to watch a lot of florida this year i'm not trusting them i, I think the bonnies might actually upset them in round one because the bonnies are playing pretty well but florida man they just they're only players basically chose they have a couple other decent players but uh, if, if they make it to the final four I'll, I'll give you a pat on the back jared but I don't see that happening. Yeah, and also another upset I have. have, See, like, this is what I hate. Seton Hall versus NC State. I have Seton Hall winning that game, and I have them going all the way to the Elite Eight because this is what happens. So I end up picking, you know, New Mexico State and Charleston, and then I got to take one of those. So I pick double upsets there, and then I got New Mexico State there in the Sweet 16, 
And then I have Seton Hall beating Kansas, so it's like I gotta take Seton no. Hall to I gotta take Seton Hall to the Elite Eight after that. Even though I would not be at all surprised if they lose round one to yeah, NC State. That is a gutty pick to be, have them beaten Kansas for sure. So Bobby, what's your? Uh, I'm interested to hear your sleeper. I might have to change my bracket up if it's a good one. I understand. I totally understand how a 16 seed has never ever beat a one seed. I totally get it. Absolutely, totally get it. However. Those Ivy League schools always surprise everybody. And for them to be playing Kansas round one, for them to be playing Kansas round one, it could go any different way. Penn is going to come in there with their hair on fire, and they, they, could, they could maybe pull the upset. I do like that pick. I, I, I'm, I like it. And, why, and if I, if it, looking at this from my point of view, why not just take Penn over Kansas? and Because obviously I already have Seton Hall going to the Elite Eight. Why not? So, I, I mean, it's only worth one point. I might as well throw a flyer on it. If, if I get it right, it's a miraculous story. I dare you. It's something that I totally think can happen. That That's where, that's where I'm at with that. Uh, <laughs> that didn't I, sound reassuring at all. Survive in advance, baby. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Bobby. I After hearing your picks, I was really confident in you beforehand, but now I think you might just be the, the biggest idiot that there is in March Madness. <laughs> Good old Rocky Top. I'm telling you right now, you're going to regret it. Don't pick them. See what happens. Don't pick them. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the spot to meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on their 21 TVs. Weekly food and drink specials including great burgers, wings, and pizza along with homemade soup and salad. Rivals Tap House and Grill located on the corner of Shiawassee at M21 in Corona. And what a spot to go see March Madness and also St. Paddy's Day. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill. All right, so uh, next on this March Madness podcast, we've got Mike Foss. I worked with Mike in Grand Rapids at the Fox affiliate there, WXMI, Fox 17. He's bounced around to a couple other local news stations, and now he's working currently at the ABC affiliate in Detroit, WXYZ, in the sports department. Mike, how you doing? I'm uh, great, Matt. Good to be here. So you're, you're a proud Central Michigan alum. We've got one of our other co-hosts, Ted. He's, he's a proud Central Michigan alum, too. Fire up chips. Yeah, fire up chips. Absolutely, yeah, the, fire up. What do you think the chips are going to do? How, how are they going to do in the collegeinsider.com tournament? <laughs> well, they, well, they won the first uh, game already. They played on Monday. You know, I, I jokingly was saying to somebody the other day, I'd love to see them play Eastern in the final. We get an all-MAC final. How does that tournament go? Do they, I mean, because I thought they don't play again until Saturday. So it's, the games are pretty spaced out. Yeah, they, they kind of are. I, it's kind of like there's not really a set bracket to it. It's it's a little weird. It's not as structured as some of the other ones. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's cool for the players and uh, just an opportunity to keep playing. And uh, I guess uh, for guys who are looking to play professionally, a good opportunity to get some stuff on tape. I, I know some of these, like CBS Sports Network has some of the games, so – uh, it's a good opportunity to play on TV. I, I think I love uh, Maction as much as everyone else, but I hear that you're reporting <laughs> down in Detroit, and I just want to know, sort of for my own bracket, who would you say has like the home court advantage there out of Arkansas, uh, Butler, Purdue, and I, what is the CSU Fullerton? Who would you say has like the most fans there? Michigan State's in Detroit, so uh, it's going to be green and white through and through. Yeah, we were kind of holding our breath on on Selection Sunday. You know, we've been following Joe Lenardi and, and Jerry Palm and kind of some of the, the main bracket guys, and, um, you know, a lot of them had both Michigan and Michigan State getting shut out of Detroit, uh, which we were really going to be disappointed with. 
a lot of them had Xavier and Purdue as the top teams in Detroit. So we were really uh, happy and relieved to see Michigan State uh, get placed at Little Caesars Arena. Uh, I know our station's is going all out with coverage with Michigan State this weekend, and um, which it'll be cool because when they played that uh, the doubleheader back in December with Michigan and uh, Oakland and Detroit Mercy, um, I was down there uh, that day, and it was a really, really cool atmosphere. And, and I would say the crowd that was there that day was overwhelmingly a Michigan State crowd, probably maybe 75% Michigan State fans. And um, Oakland, if you remember, Oakland gave them a pretty good game. Uh, State pulled away at the end and won. But it was, it was, just, it was kind of a nice little taste of you know, what the atmosphere is going to be like now that we're here into March, into, into March Madness. And uh, I, I think it's going to be uh, uh, pretty exciting. And I like that. I like that Purdue's there too. You got a couple of big 10 teams there and big 10 teams travel well. So uh, I think uh, the atmosphere is going to be really cool there this weekend. It's going to be great to see for a change butts in the seats, isn't it? I mean, it's been a little disappointing. <laughs> yeah, no, no seat covers necessary like the Pistons have. Yeah, absolutely. And also, it's going to be uh, kind of a prelude of a possibility of Motown hosting a Big Ten tournament and maybe down the road a, a Final Four, don't you think? It's definitely possible. I know um, they're already coming back, I want to say, in three years, 2021. They get to host first and second round games again. I know um, I've heard that, that you know they've had the, the Horizon League tournament and that they sort of did that as a way maybe to prove that they could pull off hosting a conference tournament. I would love to see the Big Ten tournament come to Detroit I mean after DC and Madison Square Garden I think (laughs) you know Detroit's certainly fair game uh, for a future host site I I do like that they're going back to Chicago and Indianapolis you know makes sense to have it more centrally located but I think uh, yeah like you said with Michigan State and Purdue uh, you know a little bit of that Big Ten flavor I think I think it'd be really cool to see the Big Ten tournament down at LCA sometime in the future what do you think Mike overall your your views of LCA I mean I've been down there once and I I was very impressed impressed with it what are your thoughts oh i love it it's beautiful i've, I've been there um a number of times now um both as working media and as a spectator i've been there for uh pistons games red wings games i've been to a couple of wwe events there i've been to a concert there uh, so i've kind of gotten the the variety of experiences there but um i i think the, the bottom line is they got it right they absolutely got it right that it is gorgeous it is beautiful it's really fan friendly um you know all the things that uh, all the shortcomings as much as we love the joe all the shortcomings that the joe had had certainly been uh remedied there it's it's really uh it's really been a positive experience the uh the media gondolas especially for the red wings games uh that was that took some getting used to um after the first few times i mean you're pretty much right on top of the ice it's quite the it's quite the view from up there but i've been up there a few times now so I'm, I'm getting a little more used to it you know you kind of get that tingling in your feet the first couple of times being up there it's pretty steep well most importantly about that what's the spread like for the media what kind of food do they give you guys <laughs> it's actually pretty good i i will say uh i don't want to name names but one of the two teams that plays there uh charges the media for dinner and the other one does not it's the same spread for both uh, but it's nice. It's it's they got a full kitchen down there. They got a nice variety of stuff in there. It's it's uh, the food's always good and and of course and of course the spread does include Little Caesars pizza because why wouldn't it? Isn't that a little out of the norm to uh, charge the media for food? I mean, I've never run into that. I know um, it, it varies from place to place. I I want to say Major League Baseball has a rule where they do because I know they've always charged at Comerica Park. 
Um, nothing too exorbitant, you know, you're not paying fan concession prices or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know if that's a league thing or what, but I know uh, at least Comerica Park's always charged for media food. In regards to the tournament, are you worried at all about a potential Arizona State or Syracuse or TCU upsetting Michigan State in the second round? I don't think so. I think, uh, I mean, I know uh, the Big Ten tournament played out the way that it did, but... Um, I I think Michigan State and and also Michigan for that matter. I think both should safely at least at the very least get into the Sweet 16. I think uh, MSU's troubles are going to come farther down the road. I mean that Midwest region is just so loaded this year. It seems like the committee loves to potentially have a matchup of Coach K and Izzo. It just seems like they play almost <laughs> every year in the tournament. But that that's the matchup that I'm looking for: the Sweet 16 matchup of Michigan and UNC and then Duke and Michigan State. I would yep. just love to see that. And uh, and I actually have both of those uh, in my bracket. I have Michigan and UNC and, and uh, MSU and Duke, and uh, it's a nice little uh, rematch from the regular season, too, uh, the, the Champions Classic back in November. Yeah, that would be a great matchup. It's too bad that Syracuse is going to knock out Michigan State round two. <laughs> you're, well, you're already putting Michigan State into round two. You don't think Bucknell's going to upset him in round one? I'd be nervous if I was a State fan. That, there's no bias there. I'd be hey, nervous. you know, Bucknell, Bucknell had that once-in-a-lifetime comeback this year, and now every coach whose team is down double digits with a minute to go thinks they're going to be the next Bucknell, so they keep following. <laughs> Let's get right to it right now, Mike. Who, who you got in your Final Four, and what are, you look, what are we looking at here? I think my Final Four is, is not terribly shocking, especially considering um, – what a lot of other people and analysts have come out with. Um, I've got, uh, in no particular order, Villanova, Kansas, Cincinnati, and Michigan in my final four. Mm-hmm. The Cincinnati pick, uh, after all, the, the with the injury coming out with Virginia, I was a little hesitant to pick Virginia out of that region. You know, the Midwest region is almost kind of a toss-up. Uh, with Kansas and Michigan State and Duke. Again, that region is so loaded, but no particular reason. I I will tell you, uh, when I fill out my bracket, I just kind of go with a gut instinct. Just kind of go with my first instinct and just leave it at that. I don't kind of obsess over it or anything because otherwise I'm going to drive myself nuts. So that's what I did. And then my championship game, I have Villanova beating Michigan. I like it. I, lo- I love that Cincinnati pick, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> They're streaky. I've, I've had to work a couple of their games this year, and they, they can be either hot and they could beat anyone in the country, or, I mean, they're not going to get out of the second round sometimes with the way they play. So I could see them definitely making it to the championship, though. That South region in particular, there's just so many kind of toss-ups and what-ifs in there. I, I feel like that could be the region that could be ripe for upsets this year. I mean, you got Davidson in there. You got Buffalo. You want to talk about Maction? Maybe they make some noise. You got Denzel Valentine's brother Drew is one of the coaches for Loyola Chicago. I mean, there there could be some there could be some upsets coming out of that South Region, especially. You know, we'll see what happens with Virginia too. Um, yeah. You know, if they get knocked out early. Well, cool, Mike. Thanks for coming on. We definitely appreciate you taking the time, and uh, hopefully the Chippewas make a little run in the CIT tournament, so you guys can <laughs> can hoist the trophy over there. Yeah, that'd be nice. And I'm hoping, uh, and I'm excited too, to see uh, what the women's team does in the in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, they might make some noise over there, MAC champions. So, got to give them some love too. All right, Mike. Thanks a lot. Hey, not a problem. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me on. Another great sponsor we have is the Corona Connection. 
The Corona Connection is a direct mail paper sent to all of Corona, Vernon, and Shiawassee County parts of Lennon. You can also pick up a copy of the latest edition at many Corona businesses and Kroger. Like them on Facebook and you can view the entire Corona Connection paper online every month both on Facebook and at coronaconnection.com. And I know I've heard that there might be a story on yours truly, Ted, this week, this month, so tune in. All right, so next we've got uh, my guy Reggie. I, I worked with him at ESPN. He's a successful producer. He's got a bunch of Emmys. Played football at Penn State with, with Grandma Ma, Larry Johnson. And, man, he's a junkyard dog on the basketball court. He just cleans up the glass. What's going on, Reggie? What's up, man? What's happening? What's happening? Tourney time, huh? Tourney time, man. It's March Madness. So so I got to ask you, is this the year that it's going to be all chalk in the Final Four or some lower seeds going to make some noise? I, th- I think you're going to see a lot of movement from some lower seeds. Actually, you know, there's a few teams out there uh, from the lower side, if you will, of the bracket in terms of, where they're seated to me that I thought kind of got underseated a little bit. Um, and some teams I also thought got a little bit overseated. Um, some of the obvious ones to me, I think you look at a team like North Carolina, I think they probably got a little bit overseated. Um, I think you look at a team like Providence, they've got all the ingredients. They've got point guard play. They've got good defenders. Um, they've got shooting. They've got inside play. I thought they were a little bit underseated. Um, they're going to play Texas A&M in the first, in the second round, excuse me. And I think that's a game that's easy for me, at least, to go with Providence to beat Texas A&M. Do you have Providence beating North Carolina after that, or do you just have them one and done? I think there's a chance they can beat North Carolina. I want to see how North Carolina looks in their second round game, but I got a, a sneaky feeling. I'll put it to you this way. Providence has got enough big guys, but the key to that game is going to be, because we know what kind of defender Theo Pinson is. And we know what Luke May does inside. Yeah. They better have an additional defender on the wing because they're going to have to deal with either Alpha Diallo or Bullock on that wing. If they can't get both of those guys solved and deal with the inside play and deal with the point guard, which to me, one of the better point guards I've seen in the late season at least, Kyron Cartwright from Providence, lefty, he's got all the moxie, hits big shots, shoot the three, drive it, defends as well then look out, Carolina could be looking at a situation where they're home at the end of the first week. So if you had to pick one guy, who are you thinking? Uh, you mentioned the guy from Providence. Who are you thinking is going to have could potentially have a Kemba Walker-type tournament run? I, you know what? This is going to sound crazy, and it's, it's really not even fair um, to say this because it's a guy that you know kind of a lot of people know about. But honestly, I think it's going to be a guy like McCall Bridges from, from Villanova. Um, his ability at 6'7", 6'8", to shoot the three, defend all basically four positions. Um, he can put it on the floor and drive to the basket as well. Look out for McCall Bridges leading that team back to a Final Four. Yeah, and that's something that a lot of people, they, they don't really know. They they hear Jalen Brunson. He's kind of like the front runner on that team. But Mc, Mikhail Bridges is kind of behind the scene, you know, doing some damage. I'm, I, got, I got a question for you. kind of would be interested to hear your take on someone that's not from Michigan. But who would you think is the better prospect? Or I guess how do you overall rate uh, – Miles Bridges as a prospect. I, I like Bridges. I think he's got an NBA body. Um, I love his quote-unquote motor. I love his ability to work on the offensive glass, which is notorious for a Tom Izzo type of player. My issue with Bridges, when I watch him play, is he a pseudo post-up guy back to the basket? He's not a pure jump shooter. He's not really a driver. I'm not sure what his skill set is. He's got the right body to play in the NBA. But he's not one of those guys that has all of these pieces of a skill set 
to where I know a lot of people are thinking, at least from a body type, Draymond Green. He doesn't have the ability to put it on the floor like Draymond and go the length of the, the floor and lead the break. He's a great finisher on the break. He's good on the glass. I'm just not sure, Miles Bridges, if it's me, I don't know what position he plays. You know, you bring up a good point there. And, and another thing that's been talked about this week about Bridges is, you know, he doesn't seem to have the same fire in the belly like Draymond Green, if you know what I mean, that killer instinct, which Izzo's been on him and on him to take over the team, be the leader. And that's been a little bit lacking, and he has an opportunity right now to do that in a tournament. Willie, I guess it remains to be seen. Right, that's, a, that's a great question, and I completely agree. He's got to show me for a guy, as far as I'm concerned, for a guy that doesn't necessarily, quote-unquote, have a position, you better show me you got something that I can't go teach or we can't improve. You just either have it or you don't. Got another question for you, Reggie. Being a Penn State guy, and every year there's teams left out of the dance. What were your thoughts about Penn State being left out? I like the, their body of work this year overall. Um, I thought they needed a couple more of those games in the non-conference to really turn over for them. And they really, it, it's, it's tough to schedule strong enough set of opponents that they're respected in the non-conference as well as mix in some games you know you can win. And I think the formula just kind of didn't work out for Penn State. Do I think they're potentially one of the best 60, I would say 68 to probably 70? Because I think anytime you have a 68-team tournament, there's going to be four or five teams that maybe get in that shouldn't blah, blah, blah. I think they're one of the best 70 to 73 teams in the country. Um, but sometimes the math and all the formulas just don't work out. But I think it's a good basketball team, and I'm looking forward to what they may be able to do in the future. Yeah, so we we talked about Michigan State a little bit. Um, we we're all Michigan fans on this on this podcast, but all of us hosts, um, you know. So we're we're all thinking that this might be a year that Michigan could make a run. <laughs> what do you see in Michigan? Whether it's they have a, a coach like Beeline or they they've got the players this year. What what kind of run do you think Michigan's going to make? And this is going to sound bad at first, but I really believe this. It's the same old B-line. If they're knocking down threes, they could go to the Final Four. If they're not making threes, they may not get out in the first weekend. That is the epitome of a John B-line basketball team. We know, listen, Mo Wagner is unbelievable, especially when he's good. When he's knocking down shots, that guy is a bona fide shot maker. But the one thing about that particular basketball team in general, and B-line coach teams, they can be streaky because they shoot the three ball so much. And so I think the interesting thing for them is, will they be willing at times, if they get, quote, run off the three-point line, to go ahead and get to the front of the rim and take layups to open up the three-point shots so they can get easy looks? I think if they do that, it's a really, really dangerous basketball team because we know they have the length and they can defend. They've always done that. But the key for them how much do they shoot the three, and what's the efficiency rate from behind the arc? I'm interested to hear your unbiased opinion, sort of being from Penn State, or maybe you are biased against Michigan as as, as a rival. But who, if you had to pick a team, who do you think is going to make it further in the tournament, Michigan State or Michigan? That's an interesting question. Brackets are interesting because it's all about matchups. Um, the thing I would say is, for me, if I'm a quote gambling man in this particular situation, not that we gamble on college athletics, <laughs> that never happens, right? <laughs> But if I'm going to go that route, I would say here's the one thing that always travels, right, is the ability and the desire and motor to rebound and work the glass and be physical. Michigan State has that. Michigan shoots the bat. They're more of a jump shooting team. They shoot the three ball a little bit more. If I had to put money on it, 
I would say Michigan State, but I also think Michigan's a little bit deeper in terms of I, I, I'm not sure at the top of their roster they're as talented as Michigan State, but I think from one through twelve they're about as talented because when you get between five and eleven, I think Michigan stacks up with a lot of other teams, including Michigan State. So I think the key is going to be the depth of Michigan and the consistency of spreading the basketball around and everybody making open shots. Well, let's look at the third week right now. What do you got, Reggie? Final four, national champion, what do you got? I'll put it this way, and I I always say this, because there's aspects of everything that you have to look for, right? The first thing you have to have if you're going to win a championship, to me, in the way the format is in college basketball, is you have to have guard play, okay? And to me, you also have to have balance. So that tells me I'm putting Villanova in the Final Four. They got six guys that shoot over 30% from three. Five of them shoot over 38% from the three-point line. They do a lot of switching because their body types are very similar. So give me that basketball team in the Final Four. I'll take Villanova and Jay Wright. No question about it. Another one I like in the Final Four and this may uh, – uh, let, me, let me say it this way. Virginia, to me, is, is not going to make the Final Four. It has nothing to do with the injury. For me, my issue with Virginia is I think they need to run a little bit more. Their defense is tremendous. They're phenomenal on the defensive end of the floor. But they need to run, I think, 15% more probably to win a championship because if they don't, um, I think they leave too many easy baskets on the board that can make it a, lo- a lot easier on them because of the way they play defense. So I don't have Virginia, per se, coming out of that bracket, which is, I'm sure, for a lot of people, they're looking at it and they're thinking, is this guy crazy? Um, but I, that's just not a team I totally, quote-unquote, trust, if you will, because I think if they take a couple more easy shots, um, all of a sudden, when you play that basketball team, you're down by 11 and not six or seven. And at that point, you can just forget it. So, no Virginia. So, obviously, Villanova's first. Um, like I said, no Virginia. So, of course, you're wondering, well, who comes out of Virginia's bracket, right? So, for me, coming out of there, here's the other piece of it, right? Because you have to find the difference maker. To me, the difference maker in this whole tournament, to be honest, is DeAndre Aiden. To me, that's the best player in college basketball. Give me Arizona coming out of the South. That's what I'm going to say there. Now, you go to the West, Xavier's the one seed there. I don't I don't know if I totally trust that basketball team. Um, North Carolina's over there. We'll see if they can get past Providence. But for me, that that particular bracket is going to be very, very interesting. I expect to see a situation where you're probably going to have Michigan with a potential to probably end up in the Elite Eight playing for that regional final. But at the end of the day, I just it, it's hard for me to go against the one-seed Xavier, but I don't think they're a one-seed, to be honest with you. Um, so I think we're going to get something interesting, some fireworks. I'll take the winner of the Michigan-North Carolina game because I think North Carolina does survive Providence, but it's going to be a dogfight. So I'll take the winner of Michigan-North Carolina – for the sake of argument right now, I'm going to go with Joel Berry and his experience. I'm going to take North Carolina to come out of the West, although I'm not all that confident in that group. I, I also think they're overseeded. I don't think they're a legitimate two-seed. 
That's just my opinion. When you look at the Midwest, Kansas is interesting as the one seed there. You look at Michigan State, they're sitting there as well. Again, like we talked about with Michigan State, love the way they defend, love the way they attack the glass. Not sure they have enough guys that can just knock down shots, bona fide shot makers, if you will. I don't trust Auburn at all in that bracket. I think we're going to see Kansas probably play Duke in the regional final. And you know what? I think the difference in that particular game is going to be the experience level and the age. When you think about a guy like Devontae Graham and everything he's been through, you also got Malik Newman and LeGerald Vick. I think those guys on the perimeter end up mitigating what Duke can do with their size inside, and I'll take Kansas in the Final Four. So now you're sitting there thinking, man, this is almost chalk. But the only one seed I have outside of Villanova is Kansas. So you mentioned Arizona uh, making a big run and, and obviously beating Virginia. I personally have Kentucky beating Arizona and then going all the way to the Final Four. Uh, do you want to talk me out of it? Uh, yeah. I don't. I, it's, for <laughs> me, it's fairly simple. Kentucky's got a lot of talent. They're more experienced than they've historically been, right, because guys kind of stuck around. They didn't have as many kind of one-and-dones in this particular situation. But I can't find an answer to flat-out guard DeAndre Ayton, to be honest, in this entire tournament. That's problem number one. Number two, Raleigh Hawkins and his ability to guard multiple positions, I think he's got the ability for to deal with anybody really on Kentucky's roster and completely shut their water off. And then Alonzo Trier, when his head is right, he is an explosive, dominant player on that wing as well. That's why I like Arizona to beat Kentucky. It doesn't scare you at all, the whole uh, Sean Miller not making the Final Four uh, no. storyline? No, it doesn't. And the main reason why is because I think I think his best player, DeAndre Ayton, is, let's just say, too, quote-unquote, quote young and dumb to understand the ramifications of what his coach has never done. And the second piece of that is we say that about a lot of coaches every year until they get there. So at some point, he's going to get there. And I know that's always the the question. When will he get there? I think this is the year he gets there. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Look out for Cincinnati. They are the second-best defensive team in the country. They guard you and they get in your chin. The only problem with that basketball team is they do have stretches where they don't make shots. One final question, Reggie. Who's going to win it all? I like Villanova. I like their experience. Here's here's the thing that I think a lot of people really forget about in college basketball because it doesn't happen that often. But when you look at this Villanova roster, it's one thing to think about two years ago they won a national championship. Obviously, Jay Wright's had his issues at times not getting out of the second round. But the thing I like about Villanova is this. They have multiple players. Follow me on this. They have multiple players that have had at least a red shirt year, whether it's McCall Bridges, whether it's Paschal inside, Eric Paschal inside, Phil Booth, Dante DiVincenzo. And I think the X factor for this basketball team is the red shirt freshman that comes off the bench, a guy named Amari Spellman, six, nine and a half, 245 pounds out of Cleveland. The thing I like about him, listen to this story. When they recruited him basically two years ago, he was a six foot three, six foot four inch guard. Does that sound familiar? It was the same story with Anthony Davis. I'm not comparing the two, but what I'm saying is for a kid at six nine and a half, the way as big as he is at two forty five, he's got a great ability to get off the floor quickly on the defensive end and block shots, plays very, very physical inside, 
And to be honest, a player of the year to me, I would I put it this way, I wouldn't argue with anybody if they want to take Jalen Brunson as a player of the year, then you add the versatility of Bridges and all those other guys in the way they defend. I don't think it's any question as Villanova. Well, I'll tell you what, Reggie, this is the first time uh, Jared and I have had a chance to talk with you, but I appreciate it. You bring it, man. Hopefully you'll join us again on Three Point Podcast, all right? Absolutely. I'll, I'll do it anytime. You guys just let me know. Yeah, and I just got to say, uh, I would follow your picks to the moon. I, <laughs> you, your reasoning behind them, I, I'd follow it to the moon. Uh, well, I appreciate that. And, and, you know, hey, think about it like this. Even a Penn State guy that never beat Michigan on the football field can get along with a couple of Michigan guys. <laughs> there we go. Speaking of that, just before we let you go, Penn State guy, Saquon Barkley, how would you do in a one-on-one tackling drill taking on Saquon head-to-head? I don't even, I'm not even going to be out there. I'm, I'm getting off the field. <laughs> I want no part of that kid. Are you kidding me? I want none of that. No shot I will get on the field out there with him. <laughs> Good deal, man. Hey, we appreciate it, Reggie. Thanks for the time, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Reggie. Wow. We've had a lot of fun with a lot of great guests, including Reggie there, but uh, we don't want to leave out our oldest athletic supporter, Jack Strap, and I think he's got a, a look at uh, college basketball. Let's see what's up with Jack. Hello, Fred, Mark, Jerry. Welcome to March Madness, which means crazy, and you can see why I love this time of year. Speaking of crazy, when will the NCAA and participating universities create payroll for the athletes, as many are proposing, and you guys even talked about it, I believe, last show. My question is, should they? I know on the surface, it's easy to say, well, hell yeah, they deserve to be compensated based on the millions generated by the NCAA. Why, poor little Johnny, he can't even afford to buy his lunch or clean his dirty laundry, blah, blah, blah. Is the current system fair? Maybe, maybe not. But if it's designed to resolve cheating to pay the players, then I don't think that's going to eliminate cheating. I hope the NCAA will not buckle under the pressure of pay to play. Why? Are you telling me that if the NCAA agrees to a stipend or a salary or whatever amount fill in the blank, you will soon find that the Jerry Turkanians of the world who will say, hey, we need that talent on our team. Offer that kid more money to make sure he plays with us. Where does it stop? Football? Basketball? Get ready for chaos because the crooked lawyers in this country will be lined up ready to defend the great hockey player up in Minnesota who's seeking compensation or the baseball star at Arizona State. Where will it end? They get an education, they have a roof over their heads, they are fed, and if worthy of an NBA contract, they receive a ton of exposure too. So the best way to end cheating is to increase the penalty for cheating. And hopefully, university presidents will trickle that message down that they literally cannot afford to get busted. Alright guys, on a lighter note, I I yelled at Jake earlier today for playing his Guns N' Roses crap music too loud. Jake, shut that off! Can you believe the lead singer has a hot girlfriend? What's his name? Axel Grease? Uh, whatever his name is. Anyway, if it wasn't for his singing, he'd be taking my order at Taco Bell tonight. But anyway, in that spirit, try to imagine, if you could, the occupations of some of the following NCAA coaches if they were not coaches. How about Gre- 
greasy hair Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski. Picture him as a shift manager at a McDonald's in Indianapolis. He'd have a big key ring hanging off the side of his polyester pants, pacing back and forth yelling, damn it, we need more fries, get them now. And how about Kentucky coach John Calipari, Saturday afternoon at your local Chevy dealership in Lexington. You just negotiated a lower price, and the sales guy says, hang on a second, I, I got to get my sales manager. Out comes slick Johnny Calipari in his sharp suit, gold ring, and Rolex watch. And Coach Izzo, he's your kid's favorite history teacher at high school. And then Sunday at Chapel Hill, you can head down to the 8 a.m. service at the Baptist Church and listen to Pastor Roy Williams preach. In West Virginia, you got to like this guy, Coach Bobby Huggins. He looks like the crazy uncle who ruins every Thanksgiving by drinking too much and yelling at the nieces and nephews. Hey, guys, shut up. I'm trying to watch some football here. Syracuse coach Jimmy Beheim. can't you see this guy? The headline on Dr. Beheim, who was arrested and charged with one count of conspiracy to commit health care fraud and two counts of health care fraud. Uh, didn't I just say health care fraud? Anyway, we know he's wearing his favorite colors, prison orange. And finally, Mr. Clean, Virginia coach Tony Bennett, who every father's wish is to have him be the guy that approaches you to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage. So who do I want to win the 2018 NCAA March Madness? A McDonald's manager, a pastor, an automotive dealership sales manager, the teacher, or the guy that committed health care fraud? I'll take Mr. Clean, three-time ACC Coach of the Year, who happens to be the head coach of the Virginia Cavaliers, the next NCAA champions. All right, guys, I got to go. I got to go listen to some Guns N' Roses or something. See you later. Well, you know, Jack didn't have any, he didn't have bad points there. We talked a lot last week about paying college athletes, but, uh, you know, he had some good ideas on that one, but his pick for Virginia, I guess we'll see. He didn't go way out on the limb for that one. I know one thing, I'm just geared up for the tournament. I can't wait. I can't wait to see how we did in our predictions. I I loved uh, Jack Strap, how he was talking about what uh, professions college coaches would be yeah. in. If, if, if John Calipari is a car salesman, Sign me up. I'm buying a BMW. That guy could sell sell catch up to a lady in white gloves. How do you like that <laughs> reference? I don't know where that came from. Came from my brain. I think you pulled that out of Jack Strap's generation. I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, I think so. Well, and I'll tell you what, guys. Again, we had a lot of fun. I think that's going to be it for now. We want to thank our guest Dan Weiner, uh, Mike Foss from WXYZ TV in Detroit, Reggie Walker. Real good to hear from him. Bracket is it Bobby Bracket? Bobby Bracket. Bobby Bracket. <laughs> I don't think it matters. Just we can move on from him. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Also, want to tell everybody share this pod with all your friends. Give us your feedback. Again, we keep growing and growing in listeners. We're closing in on six thousand now, and this was our 12th episode so thanks for the support follow us on twitter i'm at z92.5 sports guy matt you're where at burnsy 381 and i'm at jared patel and also jack straps actually he probably got jake to help him he's at jack strap 88 so you can follow him on twitter and also email us at three point pod at gmail.com thanks again to our sponsors rivals tap house and grill our partner in the three point podcast bracket challenge the Corona Connection, and Z92.5. Don't forget to check in next week, see what where we're at on our brackets, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks again for listening to Three Point Podcast. <laughs>